I'm Christina Kohler, Financial Stability Portfolio Manager here at United Way. I recently met Dionysus Thomas at a Welcome Home event at the Alma Center. This event celebrates new life and opportunity for those who have been released from prison. Dionysus and I started talking about a passion we share, getting men who were formerly incarcerated back to work. In Milwaukee, half of African-American men in their 30s have been incarcerated. Not unrelated is the astonishing gap in employment between white and black men in Milwaukee. Dionysus is a font of information about the laws, policies, and practices surrounding employment after incarceration. As we work to move United Way into a space where we can impact on this important issue, a new deal was a person we wanted on our team. This is the first in a series of podcasts we will do with Dionysus. Today, Dionysus and I talk about his background and his passion and advocacy around employment after incarceration. Moving forward, Dionysus himself will interview individuals from the Department of Corrections, local companies, and many other stakeholders in this important work. Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Dionysus, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Uh, why don't I let you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about uh, your background. 2000, 2001, uh, I got convicted of a major felony in Oscar, Wisconsin for conspiracy to manufacture no less than 2,000 grams, but then they downgraded to no less, I think it was 100 if I would have took the plea or whatever. I did a total of 13 years, that's in and out, finished it. As I, when I got out of prison, a company gave me an opportunity. I went to a job fair. I had a, I had a degree in CAD, computer-aided drafting, from Moraine Park Technical College, great school. And they work with prisoners and stuff like that, and they gave me the opportunity to get me a degree so I could step out into society. So when I did, I went to a job fair on 27th and North Avenue, and I ran into a company called Ultra. Told them my background. Her name was Kristen. Kristen Sneed. She did not care. She said, I'm going to give you an opportunity. She said, I'm going to give you that opportunity. And she gave me, I told her, I said, you will never regret it. And they, they was great with me all the way up until I just left, and now I'm at Capco. And I told them my background, and they like, hey, this guy is, has completely changed Except from 17, 20 years ago. You can see it in his conversation. You can see it in his movement. You can see the things that he's doing when we talk about him personally. And that's what I want companies to know, like, hey, we, we're determined here. We messed up. Give us that chance. And I'm so proud that Ultra Fiberglass Systems gave me that opportunity. And coming up where I came from, we didn't have that a male mentor, especially in my community, the black community. We really didn't have that. Our best mentors was the drug dealers on the corners. Mm-hmm. That's what we seen. You know, like, hey, I don't want say, hey, I don't want you to do this. Go get you some shoes, you know, get, get good grades. Mm-hmm. Every time when you bought good grades in, they'll buy you shoes. Like, I want to do what he's doing. He ain't doing nothing but doing this. And he's take, making sure that if I go to school, I can get good free stuff. I, that's what I want to do. It was the wrong aspect. I understand what the guys did before me, how they did it. But hey, now I can show. I want to be able to show you 
a different way that's much more positive and we don't get better results. Yeah, I messed up and now I got I paid for it. I was, I'm glad society is giving me the opportunity and what I mean by society jobs, you know. But they you gotta find these jobs that are not scared, that are really not scared to take on felons and ex felons and people with not a spectacular, uh, a spectacular background because mm-hmm. we all have a testimony. We all have that. And that testimony makes us who we are. And, that te- and our testimony is what builds companies. Because um, Andy Sneed, or she said, I don't, inv- I don't invest into ideas. I invest into the person with mm-hmm. the ideas. And he knows ideas come from the inner city, not just the suburbs, not just Manhattan or Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want companies to know. Give these guys, give us, guys with bad backgrounds, an opportunity to show you that we're hungry. We want this. Just as much as anybody else, we want it. I remember when I first met you a few weeks ago, you had said the phrase, I took from the community in the past, now I'm giving back to the community. Yes. I personally feel that that is our obligation to do that. Because if I take from where I grew up from and I tear it up, do all this bad stuff, and now I make it, why am I not great give back to what I hurt? I hurt the community. So it's my job to help heal the community. I mean, America. Everybody looks at it like, oh, the government, the government this, or the state this, or this. And all I say is this. You have to look at it like this. I say better development community. The community is what creates the United States. The United States doesn't create the communities. Mm-hmm. It's not the president's job to give us a job. I don't care who the president is. It is not his job. It's his job to give us the opportunity to get these jobs. And that's what these presidents have been doing. But since it doesn't affect us personally, we take it personally. Instead of going out there and saying, hey, we have these opportunities out there. Let's go for it. And, tell, and let these companies know, like, don't be afraid to hire them. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, don't be afraid to hire an ex-convict, an ex-felon with a murder with drug cases, maybe with a sexual assault case, or stuff like Don't be afraid. These guys are hungry. They want a job. They want stability, just like everyone else. And if you can give this to them, and me, and everyone else, I guarantee you, you will not regret it. Mm-hmm. I know that because I'm going through it. I'm seeing it with my own eyes as I'm living it. With ultra fiberglass, I'm like, these guys gave me this big opportunity where I'm coming in and it's just, I'm just constantly, things are just constantly happening positively for me. When we talk about barriers to employment, oftentimes people are looking at um, those that are unemployed, what their barriers are. Their barrier might be a past criminal conviction. It might be a lack of a driver's license. But people don't always look at what's the employer's role. What are, what barriers are they creating for employment? Uh, do you see this as kind of a balance? Yeah, somewhat. I think more of the barriers are on, and I, I hate to say this, I think it's more on us. And the, the guys that are on probation and parole, it's more on the Department of Corrections. I do put a lot on them because they don't, to me, my mm-hmm. perspective, they don't go all out for the, for, for the guys that's on probation and parole. Okay. If they can just, if they will really talk to these companies and help the individuals that don't have license, don't have a place to stay, 
don't have no resources. Really give them the resources because we're, you're getting the funding to, to do that, to give them resources and let these companies know, like, hey, we're going to protect you. The state and the Department of Corrections are going to protect you if you hire Dionysus Thomas. Mm -hmm. If you hire Dionysus Thomas, I'm going to make sure you're bonded, which most companies don't know that they are bonded if they hire a felon. Second thing they, um, that, is a, that is a barrier is, I mean, that companies don't know, they get extensive tax breaks for hiring felons. It ain't no little tax break. It's real tax breaks. That's, say, that's bringing you money in. That's saving you money. So now you got money coming in, and you got money coming in two ways. So you got, right now you got, you like, okay, I got two pros right here. My only con is he got a past record. Other thing is, okay, he's learning. My company is growing. He's, he's becoming a better individual. He's growing within my company. As he's growing, my company growing. Here's three positives to one negative. You can't lose that way. If you're constantly getting a positive and the only negative he has mm -hmm. is a bad background. Okay. Let's get rid of it. Let's not look at the bad background. Let's not even talk about it no more because what he's showing me is different. Mm -hmm. And on the, on the flip side of that, the barrier for us ex-felons is we're, we're not just, we're just as scared as you are mm -hmm. because we're going in there and we're like, they're not going to like me. They're going to judge me. They're going to look at me like I'm a nobody. They're going to mistreat me. They're not going to give me the pay that I want or the pay that I think I deserve. We put all these stipulations on ourselves, and that that hurts us. It's like that hurts us. That cool. So we create our own barriers, especially in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, to me, Prison system is one of the best educated. I don't know about other states, but one of the best educated prison systems I know because they have all these uh, college courses for kids. They have these high school courses. You can walk out of Fox Lake Correctional Institution with a welding degree. I'm talking about, and you can start as a journeyman from leaving Fox Lake. Uh, the culinary, Oshkosh. They got so many opportunities, and you find that it's the older men. That's 50 and 60 that's ready to retire, taking these programs. Great. But, hey, let's get these young guys into these vocational programs also. So when they step out, the probation officer or parole officers come to this, come, like, come to them like, hey, I got this set up for you right here. I got this set up for you right here. I told them about this. I did the work so you don't have to. You don't have a barrier. I did my job. Now, if it doesn't go right, it's on you. You're the only one that can complain. And that's what we all need to do. It's, it's, everybody needs to work together. Felons, Department of Corrections, companies, and the community. I'm in because if this gets out and it can talk, companies can, will start to listen. United Way has a big platform. They have several companies that talk to This can spark and generate a lot of things within the United States. And that's the whole idea, is to spark a conversation, get these companies here, and say, hey, okay, we hear you. What do you want us to do? Department of Corrections, do I just, hey, we're here. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's do, let's, let's, let's not talk about it. Let's, let's put in some action now. And that's the thing. And United Way, this is the best, probably the best platform to do it on because of the resources. And now the convicts that's coming out, they're going to say, like, I'm straight. I know that when I go see my probation officer, I don't have to go in there with an attitude. I come out with this thing that I'm a welder. 
I have this certificate in my hand. My probation officer got me. I ain't worried about it. Step out. Yeah, I already got these jobs lined up for you. I know you're going to get one of them. Once you get that, we sit down, we go, we have a plan for you. It's time to start making plans, not just putting us like, you're just here. Come and see me here. It's time to put forth a plan. It's time for us, ex-convicts, convicts, probationaries, parolees, to put together a plan. Doesn't have to be a long plan. Set a three-month goal. Me, I said to myself, I'm not going to fail again. I told my daughter, I'm not going back to prison. I give you my word. I'm not going to fail. And I have kept it. And it's been going on eight years. I have kept it. Work ever since I've been out. When you start to understand and take accountability and responsibility for your own actions, it's nothing nobody else can say. And right now, I see myself. I look at my past, and I look at my present, and look at how bright my future is. I'm like, I came from a torn background, torn up. Got you know raised by my grandmother and my aunt, my aunt Fanny. You know, every they raised me right. But when I left out that house, this is what I want society to really know. When you leave out the house, it's not your parents. It's the individual. When I left out the house, I didn't do nothing that they told me to do. Not one thing. Not what I'm fighting, skipping school, doing everything that I'm not supposed to do. Come home lying. Well, the school called me lying, lying to my grandmother about what the teachers or the principal saying. And she like, so you're going to tell me they're going to lie to me about your, they don't like me. Even though I finished high school, I still wasn't right. And grandmother used to have to not go to work to make sure I went to, high, went to school. Drive around the school to make sure I'm not skipping. Caught me like three or four times. Is that true? Yes. And that was the problem. But now I see it like my past. I created my past. Not my, not my parents. It was me that created that past that led me to prison. Because of my action. They did try to show me, but I seen them guys in the street selling that pack. So when did that switch turn in you? I want to say I was about 28. 2003, I was in the uh, Ice Correctional Institution. My grandmother came to see me. And we were sitting there talking. And she said, Deal. She said, You have a big heart. I said, Huh? She said, You have a big heart. Never understood what she meant by that. She like, You don't never get mad and whatever. Because I was told her. She said, And the person, she like, You never get mad. And she's like, You just brush things off. You have a big heart. And I said, well, my grandfather, I never understood what my grandfather told me January, 20, January I want to say January, because he passed away January 26, 1990, 1996. I want to say early part of January, after he got his leg amputated, he talked to me. He said, I never understood what he said. He was Me and my Uncle Steve was leaving out the room, and he said, son, come back. Uncle Steve was about to talk about it. He said, no, deal. I came back, he said, don't let nobody take nothing from you. I never understood that until my grandmother came and met see me at Oscar. She told me I had a big heart. When I left, I said, why is she saying that? I said, why? And I said, why did Grandpa, this is my exact word, I said, why did Grandpa say, don't let nobody take nothing from you? And then as I was walking, one of the correctional officers said, Dill, you have, a, Mr. Thomas, you have a lot of dignity about yourself. 
and it clicked just like that. It was just an instant click, like, bam. That's the one thing I do have. Mm-hmm. It's my dignity. I don't, that's the one thing I do have. And I see how I, you know, it just started. And then I, that's when I started to grow up, really grow up. Because I was, even though I was grown, I wasn't a grown up. That was just age. I was still thinking like a kid. And that's when I started to grow up and say, okay, it's time for me to develop and better myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say better development. That's why we need a better developed, a better developed community. If we can come together and, de- and create a community where everybody takes care of everybody, a village. Back in the days, our grandmothers used to say, it takes a village to raise a child. Let's get back to that aspect. Because when I grew up, I go down the street. This was in the 80s and 70s. I go down the street. They knew who I was. Now, that person don't know you. Mm-hmm. Or they be like, well, I'm telling your parents. Mm-hmm. I remember when I got caught stealing at Alliance, Alliance Food Store on 35th. Instead of, you know, taking me to jail, they wish they instead of calling, he said, uh-huh. He got right on the phone. Call my grandma. I got your grandson. Come down here. She came. I'm 10, 11 years old. She grabbed with me. He said, don't whoop him. He said, I'm going to let him work for me. I worked at the Alliance, Alliance grocery store. I worked at the, with them. They wouldn't give me the money. They said, we can't pay you because so certain type of law. But they... Gave my grandmother money. Make sure mm-hmm. you, you get him the things he needed. Take the garbage out. Stock the shelves. Do this. This is for you for stealing. But I didn't even know in the whole process I was getting paid until I turned 15, 16 years old in the street, still going there to work because mm-hmm. I built a relationship with them. But I'm still going there to work, and now they paying me. Like, yeah, make sure you get that to your grandmother. I ain't give it to Sherry know it's coming. We've been doing this for years. Yeah, I just want people, I just want these kids because... There's a problem. And there's always been a problem, but there's a real problem now. And I just want the kids to understand, like, dude, these, these cats that's rapping, they ain't lived none of it. How you know? Because I lived it. So I'd like to start talking about a podcast series. Uh, you're going to be uh, interviewing some people. Okay. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about your vision for that podcast series? Yeah. But I want the companies to come into the community. Tell these kids, hey, I'm starting a training program. Don't announce it all. You know, come, come and talk to them. You know, these, these individuals, you catch them at the basketball courts. You catch them on the football field, the baseball field. You catch these guys at the park. You can pull up in your company truck. I don't care how you do it. Say, hey, we starting a training program. Come on in. We want felons. Let it be known that, hey, we want to hire guys from the inner city. We want to hire ex-felons. You know, get away from the stigmatism that they're no good, that they have nothing to live for. We have a lot. There's a lot out here, and there's a a lot of things that we can give to factories, industries, to just about anything if you give us that opportunity and not be afraid. The majority of all felons, they're hungry. And I mean hungry. I Like me, I tell a person, I'm starving. And they were like, I'm starving because I want something in life. And that's what we want. And these companies have these opportunities. And that's what we want them to know. Like, hey, we're not trying to eat off your plate. All we're trying to do is get a plate at the table. Just let us eat next to you. 
That's all we're trying to say. Come come in and talk to us. Mm-hmm. Let us talk to you. Let us share our differences. Let us work for you. Let us, let us grow. Teach us how to become entrepreneurs. Teach us how to save money. Teach us how to invest. Teach us these things. By, work, you, that, by working at Orchard, that's how I learned how to invest. I told you, Don, Don, my friend Don, taught me how to invest money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy them taught me how to put money away mm-hmm. for rainy days. I learned this from companies. They have this stuff. They have all the resources that the felony need, that ex-felons need. And then now the Department of Corrections is like, my job is easy. All I do is make sure he's at work, mm-hmm. make sure he's buying by law. If you have a job, a person, if a person is working, these companies bring these guys in. You know, you don't want, no, I don't want to see the streets. I don't want to see the streets. No, I, I'm, yeah, you go kick it in. I got to go to work in the morning. I love saying that. Oh, dear. I feel so lucky that our paths crossed. I feel like this was just meant to be. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you very much. I'm really glad and appreciate that y'all having me here to speak on this. Great. I am excited to hear your series. Yes. I am too. That was Dionysus Thomas, a local activist, passionate about the issue of employment after incarceration. Stay tuned for the rest of our podcast series with Dionysus, which will roll out in the coming months. Living Local is produced by Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction.